0: The views and opinions expressed by Rob Black and his guests are not necessarily those of KDOW or its management owners or advertisers and should not be construed as legal tax or investment advice. Always consult with the appropriate advisor before making any investment or financial planning decision. Welcome in. Rob Black talking about wealth last week, this week, next week. How do we create it? What do we do with it? What are we messing up? What are we doing right? What are we doing wrong? It's not a show for everyone. It's a show for people who are a little bit concerned about retirement. It's not a show for everyone. It's not going to be talking about the history of Drew Brees and great career. If there's anything I can tell you or steal from that is, hopefully he made enough in his career that he can live off till the day he dies. Different type of show. The buy-the-dip mindset last week was in full force. Tesla rose 16% in one week after falling roughly 20% from its all-time highs. The president signed the $1.9 trillion stimulus bill. What a difference a week makes, huh? How's the economy looking for the next six to nine months? $1.9 trillion wealthier. That's directing a lot of aids to states, as well as to adults eligible uh, for the payouts. That's a lot of money. Then we got the, anyone who wants to be vaccinated can be vaccinated into later than May 1, with some exceptions like children. The ECB is saying it expects to conduct asset purchases at a significantly higher pace over the next quarter than during the first months of the year so the ecb they don't quite seem to have the stimulus power punch that the united states has nor do they have the ability to pull off let's get this vaccine in everyone's arms ability um but they're throwing money into stimulus Last week, we saw initial jobless claims decrease by 42,000 to 712,000 for its lowest level since the first week of last November. That's not great. We still need more jobs created, fewer jobs let go of. But with everything that we're tallying up now, including the rebound in stocks, that should give corporations. A little bit of breathing room to not try to have to focus on uh, skin, skinning the company up to make the numbers look better or downsizing or right-sizing. Biden do that $1.9 trillion stimulus. We're going to be flush with business sooner than later. ACB is doing their part. Weekly initial jobless claims weren't great. No surprising headline. Inflations came out last week in the consumer price index, which is kind of the next which that we want to hunt. We're looking for inflation in a really bad way. And when we see inflation, you're going to see tech stocks dump. But last week, we learned again, buy the dip is still in place. We don't see the inflation. New York Governor Cuomo says that restaurants in New York City and New Jersey will expand indoor dining to 50% beginning on March 19th. Can't help but look at any headline coming out of New York and the governor, Cuomo, and go, I wonder how much that has to do with his whole uh, uh, touchy-feely thing going on in the headlines. Is he trying to open up New York faster so that we don't pay attention to that? Cynically speaking, I hope not, but 50% capacity. That's kind of starting to sound nice. The news flow supported the reopening optimism and Wall Street's responding to it. We still watch the 10-year Treasury on a very close basis, in large part, because that's gonna be the canary in the coal mine on inflation, we think. So markets are poised to have a nice day. Um, Not unbelievable, but nice. Um, Dow eyes a fresh record at 33,000. That's a big round number. I've had bosses in TV get very frustrated with me because they're like, hey, it's Dow 17,000. Get on TV and talk about 17,000. I'm like, it's just a number. I heard uh, a couple of people say where they think the Dow is going and. You could say something really almost ridiculous and say, oh, I see Dow 66,000 by the year 2027. And people are like, 66,000, it's only at 33,000. And essentially what you're saying is, oh yeah, it doubles every 7.2 years. So let's just say, give or take a couple months in there. And you get the big round numbers shocking to people, but that's just what the market does. let a broker advisor. Let's we'll not get too ahead of ourselves or anything ridiculous here, right? But last week was a very big bounce back week. This week will be different. Will it change the narrative forever? It's really, I don't know, there's a right answer to that. So market snapbacks, that's what we had to deal with last week. And then we also had this concept in my opinion, of has the market gone too far, too fast, and is it ahead of itself? In the dark days, roughly one year ago, when the global pandemic, what we saw was it was taking a grip, and we saw economies plummeting, interest rates falling, effective vaccines were a pipe dream where we said, oh, that's going to be six months away at the earliest. And then as we got there, five months away, four months away, three months away, two months away, hey, we're pretty close to that time when we said they're going to be there. And then boom, they were there. So in the last year we've had to deal with, should we be hiding in value stocks, cash, or do we stay with growth? And the answer has been both. It's all worked. It's stunning to look back on the last year and go, it's all worked there's some areas that still are a little bit too cuckoo for cocoa puffs. If you know what I'm saying? Like, I feel very odd about talking about investing in movie cinemas, but they're in the headlines. I feel very odd about talking in about investing in cruise lines, but the cruise industry came out today and said, yeah, we'll be back at record revenue in about two or three years. That's how long it's going to take for the mentality to really get all of our boats back on the water by the end of the year, as well as get people in them, as well as getting people partying in them. Facebook, Apple, Amazon, Netflix, Google, so-called "fang" stocks. Um, they've had a little bit of trouble, not too bad, but there's areas that were like going similar, but a little bit different, like Microsoft, Nvidia, and Salesforce. They don't have a cute little acronym like FANG, Facebook, Apple, Amazon, Netflix, Google. But they're all at 52-week highs. They're all doing very, very well. Large Cap Tech has kind of that science fiction theater story going on. They're big, big corporations. And they almost have their own gravitational pull at this point in time on Wall Street. So the difference between market-weighted index and equal-weighted index, we're not going to get into. I'll say that GDP expectations for 2021 are very artificial because it's stimulus money. Will it be one of the greatest years ever as far as revenue being thrown into the economy? Yeah. Could it get into the areas where it's causing me even more trouble because of inflation is one of the byproducts of free government money? Could be, but it's going to be a good year. Still pretty early in 2021. That's my market commentary to kick off the week. I'm Rob Black talking to all things financial, money, investing, and more. Find me on the website, robblackshow.com. I'm Rob Black. Find the link to the other version of the podcast by going to Rob Black's Twitter. His handle is at Rob Black Show. Listen to Rob Black and your money weekday mornings, 7 to 9 on AM 1220 KDOW. I'm Robert Black. Wow, weird to hear my whole name, huh? Robert. Robert, you're in trouble. My friends know me as Robert, which is just the weirdest thing about doing a show where you have shortened it to Rob Black. It doesn't sound like much, but I don't see myself as a Rob. It's almost a character. Uh, there's something going on with that statement that's not too far from the truth. But let's talk about one of the people I admire enormously. And he's not always right. Warren Buffett. This has been a big 12 months for Bitcoin. I would say phase two or inning, third inning of the baseball game for cryptocurrency. We all started hearing about it three, four years ago. We all started wondering about it, trying to piece together like, huh, let's think about that for a second. We've seen movies in the future. It doesn't sound like a, a like terribly bad idea that, cash, like dollars and bills go away. We get, everything's digital already. So a couple of years ago, we got introduced to it. and I don't think it's too foreign of a concept to us. We're, not, we're deep into, enough into it that we get the idea that there's something weird about it. And there's something beautiful about it. And there's something that tells me like, oh, if I do that, I'm going to get crushed. We all have different approaches to it. Some pe- people see it as their, their golden ticket. Warren Buffett talked a little bit about Bitcoin over the weekend. Bitcoin hit an all-time high. What does Warren Buffett think about the $61,000 value leaked to the party? I get more questions about Bitcoin now than are appropriate for the level of sophistication that's coming from that person, uh, investor sophistication. Tough concept. I'm not really putting you down as much as you think of. I'm just saying it's one thing to say that you grew up playing baseball. It's another thing to say that you can hit a 95-mile-per-hour fastball. If you listen to billionaires, Elon Musk in the news on a regular basis, now calling himself the chief token officer. He's coming up with really cute little terms, master of coin. Warren Buffett once referred to Bitcoin as probably rat-poisoned square. Rat-poisoned squared. (laughs) It's like, uh uh-oh. Don't look like an old person here. He's about to look like an old person. Uh, Warren Buffett said, I don't have any Bitcoin. I don't own any cryptocurrency. I never will. It has no unique value at all. The billionaire investor doesn't like Bitcoin because he considers it an unproductive asset. Stay with him for a second before you get mad at old man Buffett. He's a well known preference for stocks of corporations whose value and cash flow come from producing things. In the end, we've made mistakes because we've thought too rigidly. Thinking of Tesla as an electric vehicle company is wrong. They're a disruptor in electric vehicles, in battery technology, in transportation, in cost of transportation. And that's just the beginning of it now. You give enough room to Elon Musk, and he's gonna run with it. He'll do something interesting in the next five years. Buffett is a well-known old fogey. He is one of the richest men on the planet. He's created one of the most successful investment companies ever. Bitcoin is intended to provide real value as a payment system. That use is still very pretty limited, as Buffett sees that Bitcoin's value comes from the optimism that someone will be willing to pay more for it in the future than you're paying for it today. None of these things are wrong. But that doesn't mean that Elon Musk and people who believe in cryptocurrencies are wrong either. Warren Buffett says he doesn't think crypto counts as money. As a tradable asset, Bitcoin is boomed, but does it meet the criteria of being money? He thinks it's a mirage. Is it supposed to be a means of exchange, a store of value, or a unit of account? It does not meet that test of being a currency. He's adding that it's a very effective way of transmitting money, but a check is a way of transmitting money too. Are checks worth a whole lot of money just because they can transmit money? No. The technology that Bitcoin is built on, blockchain, is awesome. And we've seen Rob Gronkowski sell a digital football card for over a million and a half dollars of himself from his Super Bowl experiences. So someone got Gronkowski, and he comes across as a big, stupid athlete. That's what he comes across as in media and portrayals by people like Jimmy Kimmel, Jimmy Fallon, those type of people. Oh, Gronk Gronk catch touchdown. Gronk catch ball. Gronk run over person. He's got this kind of WWE wrestler personality, maybe. But over the weekend, he pulled in over a million and a half dollars because someone took his picture at the Super Bowl. He's thrown on lots of imaging. So it's kind of like if it was your backdrop of your phone or the backdrop of a picture frame, a digital picture frame. It's attractive to look at, especially if you like the Patriots. Or the Patriots and the Buccaneers, I guess, is the way of looking at it. But is is that real money that he got for it? Yeah. Someone got to him and said, come on, we we should jump on this NFT, this whole blockchain technology, collectibles. The music industry is right behind. People like Jay-Z and Beyonce, they see the artists getting more rights back. We'll talk about this in the coming days and weeks. But back to Warren Buffett. He doesn't understand Bitcoin. I get in trouble with things that I know very little about, he says. Why should I be taking a short position or a long position into something I know nothing about? Which is pretty interesting. Because at one point in time, he didn't like tech stocks in the 1990s. And you could say that he missed out the huge run-up. But you could also say that he missed out the huge fall from 2000-2002. And then right around then, people started thinking about, oh, he's going to retire at some point. And he got more people at his company who who valued tech stocks a little bit more than he did. I think in Warren Buffett's perfect world, banking stocks would be the ideal. You could see the cash flow coming in. You could see the, the book value. You could see how they have $10 million. And they make $12 million. So one of his biggest investments ever now is, in hindsight, a lot of money into Apple, i.e. a tech company. So he changed his ways, or his company changed his ways somewhat. Or maybe he waited for Apple to turn from, they're going to come out with a phone every year, let's see how they how the phone technology goes, to everyone already has one. It's kind of like the Bic Razor. He's famous for investing in Gillette. In large part, men, every day, we go to bed, our whiskers grow. In the morning, we shave our whiskers. We stay up all day, we go to bed, our whiskers grow back in, and we shave them the next day again. So he likes that durability of a product. Is he right or wrong? I don't think you can really say. Rob Black, talking all things financial, money, investing, and more. Find me online at robblackshow.com. Find the link to the other version of the podcast by going to Rob Black's Twitter. His handle is at Rob Black Show. Listen to Rob Black and Your Money weekday mornings, 7 to 9 on AM 1220, KDOW. Apple makes game-changing products. No. Their iPod hustled in a new kind of digital experience that naps are kind of introduced introduced us to how to listen to digital music or that transference away from cds into files maybe apple hit a home run with the ipod then the iphone home run right their computer hits have been fantastic some have been big misses the apple newton product ahead of its time but still a bit of a flop Apple's HomePod has turned into, eh, that was kind of underwhelming. It looks cool, it sounds great, but it's been discontinued. A rare failure for Apple. Was it $350 a price point? Was it that Sonos makes wireless speakers that are pretty good too? Was it that Amazon flooded the market with okay speakers, inadequate, but cheap? with a lot of engineering so that you can say, hey, speaker, tell me what time it is. Hey, speaker, do I have any appointments today? And suddenly it started working together. So Google's got theirs, Amazon has their speaker, Apple was late to the game, came out with a high-end product and it didn't sell well. The HomePod sounded amazing, check. It looked great, check. Maybe it was just a little bit too late to the party. Perfectly serviceable is not something I'm used to hearing. Keep in mind, I work around a lot of people in radio where I can't tell the difference of oh that speaker sounds really tinny. I'm like, eh, it sounds, I, I guess I hear what you're hearing. I don't have a great radio ear. Apple eventually dropped the Home Pod price from 349 down to 299. But a little bit too little, a little too late. Siri simply couldn't compete with the full range of functionality that one can find from Google or Amazon. It didn't support Spotify, which probably was a mistake um, in the whole ecosystem. Apple wanted tight integration with Apple Music, but its effort to keep Spotify off the playing field cost them some sales and maybe kind of a bigger pie. So we're not going to play a funeral dirge for them, but it didn't go terribly well. Big thing that I've been reading about, trying to telling me to warn you, are people who are posting their COVID vaccine cards are getting scammed now. When you post your COVID vaccine card, it typically has your name on it and your birth date and where you got your shot. And what type of shot it is, next thing you know, someone's knocking on your door, maybe talking to your spouse, maybe talking to your kids. Hey, is your mother home? Did she get the Moderna vaccine? We need to see her right now. It's an emergency. We need her to give us $500 or she won't be able to get the second dose shot. Or she got a bad batch. Like scammers are actually taking advantage of people who are posting COVID-19 vaccination shots. Psychologists say, you're also bumming people out, so please don't do it. (laughs) Like, what does that mean? Yeah, well, I see that you got your shot, but I'm still waiting for mine. I don't live as privileged of a life as you do. I want to die. I know you're saying, God, I just thought we got jealous and seeing these hot, young, sexy people on their bachelorette and bachelor selfies. And yeah, they're saying no selfies with uh, vaccine cards. You'll, You'll depress people as well as make yourself very likely to get scammed. I don't know. In the end, I kind of feel that we're all going to get scammed at some point. Um, I used to have a thing where I, I didn't believe in locking doors. When you live in New York City or you live in Washington, D.C. or San Francisco, you quickly learn that cars get broken into often. So you do things like you show that there's nothing in the front seat. Nothing, not even a shopping bag, not even a bag that was had groceries in it. You're just inviting broken glass next time you go to your car. It's one of the reasons I hate working in San Francisco, and I dread it. It's that car break-in angle. But to make a long story short, if I can at this point in time, and I don't know if I can, um, I used to leave my car just open, like, and I took all the documentation out of it, because if someone wants in, they're going in. I'd rather them open the door and close the door versus break the glass, Right. Anyway, stories of the day. No COVID selfies, they say. Um, Next up, pretty smart article in the Detroit Detroit Free Press. Detroit, as you can imagine, their newspapers, eh, you could probably assume that San Jose's got pretty good coverage of tech stocks and tech companies and social media. You could probably assume that Washington Post probably covers politics a little bit better than other newspapers because they're so close to the politics. Well, what do you read if you're reading the Detroit Free Press? You're reading about cars. And there was a great article written over the weekend about how the Model 3 Tesla is sitting in the garage of a person in Michigan because he bought a Tesla. There's only one Tesla dealership or one Tesla service center in all of Michigan. So this guy has a mechanical problem and he doesn't know what to do. He calls Tesla and Tesla says, well, just keep it in your garage and we'll send out a team. We'll send out service people to you. Ain't that crazy? So Tesla gets some service people on a plane. A lot of their technology work they could do with the internet, but the whole car does have some moving parts. They They do have some issues. Where could you get it fixed? Pretty good article that talked about how one of the things I've been saying recently on Tesla is that they have a huge advantage because they got these supercharging centers popping up all across the country. And it, it's the big fear that people have with electric vehicles. What if I get on a trip and I need it to go 400 miles, but the charge is for only 300? Oh, they didn't really tell me that when it's 20 degrees out, your car could really only go about 240 instead of 300. So now you're going to have to stop more than halfway, somewhere right around there. But they got charger stations for it, and it's all pretty well documented, and it's pretty clean to see. And you've probably seen some Tesla charger stations in restaurants and brew pubs and things like that where they're trying to get a customer to come in. Stay for a couple hours, have a pint, have a flight. Charge up your Tesla and go. That charging network's valuable. They can also make money on the charging network, right? Not just selling you the car, but having you fuel up with them being the only gas station in town. So a writer at the, in the Detroit Free Press figured out this guy's problem is he's got a car and it's in his garage and he's waiting for it to be fixed. And it's taking a lot of time. The difficulty of scheduling a service appointment and often waiting weeks or months for a car to be fixed is, is not very American. We kind of live in that instant gratification. Tesla sells directly to the consumers, so its own sales and service, set- service centers kind of are the network. When you get a flat tire in a Tesla, you hit your app, hopefully your app's been charged, it's middle of the night, hopefully your phone's been charged, excuse me, not your app. You get a flat tire, you void your warranty if you go to a tire shop and you do it. So you use your app. Next thing you know, a tow truck comes and cha- takes your flat tire and gives you a new tire. There's no extra tire in the car. That's not how they do it. They You get a flat, you call them, they come. They like they don't have an extra tire in the car. So a lot of people are getting their first time like flat and they don't know what to do. They call a tow truck company, and that's the wrong thing to do. It's pretty weird. Tesla's also found that if they're fixing their own vehicles, they could probably be their own insurance company as well. Another way to make money. But General Motors and Ford have a huge advantage. They have the dealerships where cars can be fixed. 9,600 dealerships. Tesla's got 133 GM and Ford and Fiat Chrysler. For some reason, I just want to call them Chrysler, but I have to call them Fiat Chrysler. It doesn't come off the tongue easily. You're talking about 9,600 service dealerships versus 133 for Tesla. Tesla has one service center in Clarkston that serves the entire state of Ohio. And if you look at Ohio, you got Cleveland and Cincinnati. You got some pretty big cities there. Toledo as well. So that is going to be an area that they have an advantage at. Because when you do have a problem, let's say your wing doors on your uh, uh, Model X stop working. It's okay if you're in Palo Alto and there's two or three Tesla centers close by. Burlingame, San Francisco, San Jose, Palo Alto. But that's going to be a lot more difficult if, say, you're in – oh, and by the way, this is a good example, Michigan, right? And it's cold and there's a foot of snow on your car and you accidentally open the wing doors. Don't open the wing doors with snow on them. They will break. And next thing you know, you got a car with broken doors on it and you have to wait a month to get an appointment in the one dealership in the state. One dealership in the state. You can see where it's a problem. Is that my end-all, be-all? Is that my thesis done? No. But I like the way the writer wrote that and put it in my head. Jamie LaRue, LaRue from the Detroit Free Press, I give you props and a shout out. I'm Rob Black talking to all things financial, money, investing, and more. Find me online at robblackshow.com. That's robblackshow.com. Find the link to the other version of the podcast by going to Rob Black's Twitter. His handle is at Rob Black Show. Listen to Rob Black and Your Money weekday mornings, 7 to 9 on AM 1220 KDOW. I am going to be fascinated to see how the years treat the pandemic. Over the weekend, I watched a little bit of the Grammys and... It's not lost on you like the dancers the back backup dancers are wearing masks and they're all very very stylish at this point in time um if we can make it into fashion we we will right i remember last year going into the spring and summer i'm like we're going to see trikinis instead of bikinis a two-piece bathing suit we're going to see a three-piece something to cover your mouth something to cover your chest and something to cover your crotch right um but it's not lost. I mean, we're going to look back in the coming years and go, wait, wait did ev- mom, dad, did everyone wear masks? Well, kind of. like, And we'll be our kids will be stuttering because they're going to look at this and go, was this for real or are you just pulling my leg? It was a weird Grammys. Again, they're doing a nicer job with integrating the pandemic and protocols into television broadcasts. I still don't feel the charm and love with sports yet. Like I need the people there to like get intrigued. It just, otherwise it feels like an exhibition to me. It's been a very odd year. The fact that I'm still talking about this out loud, and bachelor host, Chris Harrison is out. Um, again, ultra reminding you, be careful what you say and what you post. Um, I'm not going to get into the politics of his situation, but I think he got in over his head quickly. And I think the producers at The Bachelor and The Bachelorette kind of bear some of that for their groundbreaking year of using an African-American contestant and then asking him to field questions from the media about it. That was going to be a disaster. Um, Hollywood actors aren't really known for, for being wildly intelligent. They can make you cry. They can make you laugh. They can make you ooh and awe at their inspiring jumps and physical prowess. But they're typically... So anyway, be careful what you post. J-Lo and A-Rod deny rumors that a third party is causing them issues. There's some sort of warning about social media there, but there's also a who cares? Talking about hanging on to relevancy. I give J credit to the fact that we're even still talking about her. Um doesn't seem like we would have 30 years ago still be talking about her. For like I'm trying to find words at times. Um I got an email from a man who this was so discouraging. Last week I did a big segment on video games, and I talked about the Van Vectors Video Gaming Esports ETF. Esports meaning electronic sports. Um, this is an ETF that holds stocks of video games and video game makers and stocks of the, like, the whole ecosystem, whether it be the video game cards or the video games themselves or the Microsofts and the Sonys. And I did it. I, I was talking about how much money there is in it. It, it crushes the movie industry. And it's picked up a lot of gamers. And when you pick up gaming, let's say you picked up Call of Duty 20 years ago, and maybe there was Call of Duty 2 was out then. Um, or the, it was the Modern Warfare one where they suddenly jumped from World War One to World War II. You kind of want to see how it's evolved. And maybe you don't want to buy the console. Maybe you don't want to play the game anymore because you're 40, 50, 60 um maybe you'll watch it on twitch so this is a company that i talked about last week the mvis global video gaming and esports index and amazingly i do a podcast the show so there's a replay right and one of the listeners a guy named madu said what is the ticker symbol of the mvis global video gaming and esports index one of the things I don't want to do is I don't want to really push ticker symbols and like that, that's like getting you one step closer to buying a stock that I I want you to really think about. I want you to do the research to find tickers. I don't want a radio show to gamify. Well, I heard Rob Black said it, so I'm going to tell my phone, hey Siri, go buy go buy the MVIS Global Video Gaming and Esports Index. And Siri's going to be like, wait, 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 what? So Madhu had the, the the courage to ask me, What was the ticker symbol? I'm like, okay, I did a radio show on it. I did a segment on it. He correctly wrote down the exact title of it. And he wasn't able to jump into the Google mindset and type in MVIS, global video gaming and esports index, but he could type it into a computer. I'm like, well, no, you can't be this lazy. And And I'm not your mama bird. I'm not supposed to chew the food for you and drop it in your mouth. I'm supposed to like say, hey, there's a whole world little bird out there. Start thinking about it and you go find it. So when I Googled MVIS Global Video Gaming Esports Index, it instantly came right up. And I know the ticker and I can throw it out right now, but I want you to try to do a little bit of the imagination part of it as well. Um, Do I own this index? No. Do I think it's a great place for research? I do. Because now I could look at how the index did and talk to you like, well, last year the S&P 500 was up 10%, but this was up 20%. I could start using numbers like that with you. And that's just an example, but you get the idea. Inside the index, I could see that it's 35% U.S. companies, 23% Chinese companies. And some of the Chinese companies like Tencent Holding is its largest. Tencent, they make the world's biggest video game. League of Legends. Um, then I see a name in there like C Limited, ADR. Who? What do they do? What game? And it, so for me, it keeps me honest. Like I want to use this index for research items. For Madhu, he wants to use it as maybe an investment idea. I need you to do some of your own work on this, people. Or if you want, you can hire EP Wealth. You can find them at epwealth.com. You can find a link through them at roblackshow.com, but don't be lazy when it comes to investing. Don't gamify this show into, I get that there's a lot of growth in mobile gaming. I hear it. I want to go to work and be a software engineer, but by 15 minutes during lunch, I want to buy a stock. Try to do a little bit more work if you can. It's not a lunchtime hobby. I'm Rob Black, talking all things financial. Find me online at RobloxShow.com.